Good morning, all listeners. Welcome to episode 17. It is Sunday, December 20th. I'm fired up. This is episode 17 with Ball Talk, Boogie, and the Baron. I'm Boogie. And I'm the Baron. Boogie, how you doing on this lovely Sunday morning? Lovely Sunday morning, Baron. I'm doing great. Yo, what's on tap? Hey, bro. Beer, pizza, and red zone, homie. No, not the degenerate lifestyle. Oh. What's the, on tap for the show? Outside of beer, pizza, and red zone, we have a busy week 15 of the NFL. A lot of big games. Got to touch base on the few games that have been played. We did have a double header yesterday. Buffalo and Green Bay both getting victories. Buffalo clinches their first AFC East title since 1995 when Jim Kelly Kelly was the quarterback. College football, we're going to dive into some playoff scenarios. On episode 16, we threw out some scenarios. We have a good idea of what's going to happen. couple surprises there. College hoops, there are some games today. We also want to touch on some games from yesterday, some bad beats. Um, And uh, we want to start, though, with our best bets from yesterday, episode 16, our special Saturday version of Boogie and the Baron. Best bets for me. Iowa State with a backdoor cover, losing by six. I said buy it to seven. That's a winner there. You did good job, good job. I appreciate that. Boogie, I don't have any ill will towards you because you got absolutely screwed with your two best bets. Bad beats. So Boogie lays at 18 and a half with Ohio State, and right before kickoff, they announced that 22 players are out with, guess what? COVID! COVID-19 knocks out 22 players of the Ohio State football program. That's roughly half the team. Problem with that is is uh, it's pretty difficult to cover a point spread when you have half your team out. Uh, Ohio State actually had a chance to cover in that game. They did. They yeah, did. They and had a chance. They sat on the ball with on the two-yard line of Northwestern. With less than a minute to go, they actually were driving with a minute and a half to go and just decided to sit on the ball. On the two-yard line. On the two-yard line. Yep. And cost that cover. It's funny that every time Ohio State plays Northwestern, it seems like there's a bad beat. You remember years ago when... And I believe our, our guest, Big Dan, had this game. I remember watching it with him years ago. Big Nor- Dan. North, Northwestern and Ohio State, um, it was a point spread of four, and Ohio State was only up by three, and Northwestern did a bunch of laterals and stuff. Uh-huh. And then I remember Ohio that. State fell on it in the end zone. Yes. No extra point needed. They win by nine points. Yes. Bad beat. Same thing as yesterday, going down to the two-yard line and take a knee. Um, your second game that you came out, your little side piece that you gave out yes. of Arizona. Yes. Here's what's crazy about that. They fall to Stanford by three, so you lose that game by a hook, but it gets worse than that, Boogie. Tell it them. does get worse than that. Arizona actually, and this is something that I'm not sure a lot of people knew, 20 straight wins against Stanford. Yeah. They had not lost to Stanford outright since 2009. They play this game outside of Stanford's uh, county, I believe, due to COVID. They play it at another place and in Northern California. They wind up actually uh, going back and forth, dominating the game a little bit in the first half. Zona comes back, makes an 8-0 run, and then all of a sudden takes the lead with about a minute and a half, two minutes to go. And then a couple threes here and there, free throws, a uh, offensive charge with six seconds to go. And uh, down by one, free throws, push it past for the cover for Stanford. 
Arizona catching two and a half. Stanford wins by three. First win in college basketball for Stanford over Arizona since 2009. I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, well, let's not talk about where I was. However, <laughs> yes, sir. I did give out that game as best bet. It looked real strong, actually. However, uh, other notable games that I did cover as was one wound up one going six two and one and and unfortunately best bet did lose. That's good. Uh, the only games actually that I did lose was that and uh, I think we both liked Iowa catching yeah. the points against Gonzaga, which psh, that was another game that uh, we we keep seeing Gonzaga win this game. Yeah. Looks like they might be the leaders for sure and wrapping up that number one. Uh, ranking that they are definitely solid on right now. You're right. Gonzaga goes to 4-0 with an 11-point win, 99-88 over Iowa. Number two, Baylor also took care of business, 100-69 against a really bad Kansas State team. So you can expect Gonzaga and Baylor to remain 1-2 when the rankings come out tomorrow. Villanova also took care of business in that inner city rival against St. Joe's, a 20-point win for Villanova as uh, they sit squarely at number seven at 7-1. Seven Big shocker what I thought, and, and you kind of told me that this was going to happen, was the Louisville-Wisconsin game. Yes. Louisville came in undefeated getting eight and a half. I thought that line was strange, and now I know why, because Wisconsin beat them by 40. Yeah, it might have been a little strange. Louisville was going in 4-0, Wisconsin 5-1, and Wisconsin coming off of a, of a tough uh, loss against Marquette in one of the games last week. Um, however... Uh, Wisconsin showed their dominance in this game, and uh, they definitely will be putting into, I believe, a uh, top 10 ranking coming off of their 12th ranking after uh, this week. Yeah. I will tell you another thing, uh, another that CBS Classic, North Carolina showed their dominance against your Kentucky team. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know what's going on with it. I'm not sure if you guys had heard or, or even Baron, you – Funny story about Coach Cal, actually. They had traveled uh, to a game last week, and they took a bus ride. And Coach Cal actually thought it was only a four-hour bus ride. It wound up being a six-hour bus ride uh, mm. to one of their games. So I don't even know what's going on right now down in Kentucky, but yeah. uh, Coach Cal better get that team back to back to basics. Yeah, things are discombobulated in UK right now. One in five worst starts since 1926. That was before Adolph Rupp took over as the head coach of Kentucky back in the day. North Carolina 75-63 defeating Kentucky. Far cry from that 103-102 shootout. Oh. Amazing two top five teams game that we went in 2017. In the Malik Monk, what did he put in, 50? Yeah, Monk, Fox, Justin Jackson, Bam. That, that was star-studded. Far cry from this. North Carolina, Kentucky definitely on the downslope, but North Carolina does go to 5-2. and two. Kentucky needs to figure this out quick or they're not going to get a berth to the NCAA tournament. SEC play is going to be huge. This is Coach Cal's most inexperienced team, and you can see it really wearing on them, losing five straight, falling to North Carolina. Second part of that, uh, CBS Classic, Ohio State actually took care of business against UCLA, 77-70. Ohio State 6-1, sitting at number 20. Probably going to move up the rankings. Only top 25 team that got upset yesterday was Florida State. They were at home as a 14-and-a-half point favorite against Central Florida. And Central Florida playing in only their second game of the season. I'm sorry, third game of the season. Coming in at 1-1, one and one, they traveled down there to Tallahassee and defeat the Seminoles, 86-75. Florida's gonna, Florida State's going to drop in the rankings, too. Yeah, definitely. And that was a total shocker. And Florida State's got a great defense this year. So we'll see what happens with that. UCF is not going to be very good this year. 
I agree 100%. That was the shocker of the day. I want to move in now, Boogie, to college football. We did touch on every single bowl game um, scenario yesterday when it comes to the playoff. We touched base on all the championship games. Um, funny story, every championship game went under until you got to the two night games. Alabama, Florida, Skyrockets over. Oof. Cincinnati and Tulsa also Skyrockets over. So when you look at these games yesterday, Alabama takes care of business. Florida, great fight from those guys. 52-46, Bama beats Florida, solidifies their position in the college football playoff as the overall number one seed. Matt Jones was awesome, setting an SEC championship record for passing yards with 418 yards, five touchdowns. Yep. Najee Harris, Alabama's running back, topped that with becoming Alabama's all-time rushing leader. Get this, Baron. Not only became the all-time rushing leader, set school records for career rushing touchdowns, set SEC championship game records with five touchdowns. Correct. Tied a school record for touchdowns in a game with five. Unbelievable. Then you had Devontae Smith making unbelievable catches and touchdown grabs. This team is dynamic in so many departments. All of that, and they barely, barely escaped by an epic effort by Florida with quarterback Kyle Trask. Kyle Pitts just almost matching the star-studded Alabama lineup. I think you hit the nail on the head yesterday when you called Alabama a machine. Devontae Smith, 15 receptions, 184 yards, two touchdowns, also had a fumble recovery. And th this guy... And got the onside kick. Two, two records broken. Devontae Smith becomes um, Alabama's all-time leader in receptions. And Najee Harris' all-time uh, rushing. Amazing. At Alabama. Side note, though, got to give it up and props for uh, Kyle Trask, now number two just behind Mac Jones in yards passing in an SEC championship game yeah. with 400 yards passing, yeah. passing uh, Peyton Manning and a few other guys. Uh, three touchdown passes for him and one rushing for four total. Pitts, Kaderis, Tony, and Trevon Grimes combined for 360 yards and three touchdowns. Unbelievable game. Absolute shootout in that one. Uh, the ACC championship game was kind of the opposite. Clemson showed their dominance against Notre Dame. Notre Dame kicked a field goal for a 3-0 lead, and then Clemson rallies off 34 unanswered over the following four quarters. Clemson had a 34-3 lead late in that game. Notre Dame gets a garbage touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, 322 and two touchdowns. Dabo's upset that Trevor Lawrence isn't getting the Heisman hype that the three Bama players or Kyle Trask is getting. Trevor Lawrence and Clemson solidify their spot as the number two seed in this college football playoff, which is going to drop here in about an hour. Absolutely. Can't go any, any further than talking about that. We got sunshine. Trevor Lawrence should why he's going to be number one pick in the next NFL draft. The domination they showed when Lawrence is under center. It's just too simply amazing. I mean, this team is definitely a threat to Alabama. But after seeing that offense last night, they better have their A game. I agree. Um, so Clemson will be two. Alabama will be one. This is kind of Boogie and the Barons selection show, if Absolutely. You will. The two teams that are not going to be sure and have to be biting their nails, Ohio State, good win, 6-0. and They're number four. A lot of people think Ohio State's going to slide into that three spot and take on Clemson 22 to 10 they handle business in the Big Ten title game mm -hmm, mm -hmm. however a lot of criticism for the Buckeyes Big Ten was late to the party the two aforementioned teams Clemson and Alabama have played 11 games as so has Notre Dame yes and Ohio State's only played six games and before you dig in it's into some info for our listeners about Ohio State 
I want I just want to let you know that they even their wins aren't that great. They beat Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, Indiana by a touchdown, Michigan State and Northwestern yesterday. What's their best win, Boogie? The Northwestern win and maybe the Indiana win by a touchdown at home? I mean, absolutely. I mean, Northwestern, though, you got to give them a lot of props. I mean, Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald's already being coveted by possibly two NFL coaches uh, for this great season he had. So he'll have some decisions to make. Um, I can tell you right now, though, yeah, I mean, late to the party, you got uh, COVID situations where Big Ten wasn't even sure that they were even going to play. Then all of a sudden, money came involved. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, you, you could see Justin Fields battled it out last night. He had a terrible game last night. Uh, he only what I think he did only uh, about a hundred hundred something yards in passing. He was a couple picks. Uh, their star, three hundred and thirty one yards for Trey Sermon. Sermon, yeah. Single game rushing record for Ohio State. Plus he had two touchdowns. I think Fields was only twelve for twenty seven. Uh, 114 yards actually, and uh, 35 yards rushing. Yeah, so you you got Ohio State looking at uh, playing this defensive battle. I think they're going to need to bring an A game if they get into this playoff. I think they'll get the three and take on Clemson. They actually have an 89% chance to get into the playoff here this morning on the All-State playoff predictor. Think Clemson smokes them? Yeah, I think so too. Clemson and Ohio State prediction from Boogie and the Baron in the two-three matchup. Now, the daunted four seed in the college football playoff books is going to be a doozy. It is a doozy. As of right now, it looks like Notre Dame's got a 67% chance of getting in, and Texas A&M's got a 34% chance, and Cincinnati an 18% chance. As we talked about yesterday, no non-Power 5 team has ever gotten into the playoffs, so I will kindly respectfully eliminate Cincinnati. Yeah. They will get a New Year's Six game, but they will not get into the playoff. Now we argue Texas A&M and Notre Dame's resume. Hmm. Notre Dame does have a superior resume when it comes to uh, strength of uh, schedule, uh, strength of record. They are the better team per the FPI relative to A&M, which is why the All-State Playoff Predictor model is leaning uh, the Irish to get into that fourth spot over A&M. Now, Notre Dame loses yesterday bad to Clemson. Has to leave a salty taste in the committee's mouth. Their one win, their best win, was against a Clemson team without Trevor Lawrence because of COVID. Correct. And Texas A&M handles business. They are 8-1. and one. They've won seven SEC games in a row. Very impressive. Went on the road 34-13. Kellen Mond, great game. The defense is great. Jimbo Fisher's really, really passionate about believing that his team is one of the best four teams. You match up A&M with Notre Dame, and I think when you when it comes down to it, Boogie, I think A&M's biggest problem is that Trevor Lawrence got COVID because if Clemson has Trevor Lawrence and beats Notre Dame, that's two a losses. Couple months back, you have no questions asked. A&M gets in. Now that that happened, you got to give Notre Dame another shot. But do you really want to see a team that just lost 34 to 10 to Clemson take on an Alabama powerhouse? Either way, I think Alabama easily gets to the championship game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with this team last night, I I got to be honest with you. I mean, we watch this team over and over again each week and they just keep impressing. Defense actually was a little bit suspect. 
Florida came back last night in a game that I didn't think that they could. Uh, you know, after that LSU show in last week, I think that uh, Alabama definitely uh, could do a little bit better job on the defense. But with a and I'm telling you, they're going to kind of get screwed because of this whole COVID, because of Trevor Lawrence's absence in that, that game against Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a tough one. I think Notre Dame gets another crack. It's all about money. Yeah. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, he did his job. He's a great salesman. That's why he's a great head coach. Yeah. However, I think that with the way Notre Dame played yesterday, I honestly think that A&M does deserve another shot at Alabama, but I don't think it's going to happen. A lot of people are saying a and is going to get in because they favor the SEC in these situations because the SEC has better teams and harder games and more pros and faster defenses down there. Um, and A&M has held their own down in the Southeastern Conference. Like I said, seven straight SEC wins. But I will give the prediction that Notre Dame will probably get the, the, the shot just because the committee loves – you know, one lost team that played in a championship game compared to one lost team that did not. So I will, um, I think we're both going to predict Notre Dame here. And then, like we said yesterday, I like um, Alabama to blitz Notre Dame. If somehow AM gets in, I like Alabama to blitz AM easily. Alabama goes to the championship game. I'm with you all the way in Clemson defeating Ohio State. I think Clemson and Alabama, they've been on a collision course all season long. Mm. I look for Alabama versus Clemson here in a few weeks for the national title, and I think Nick Saban gets Alabama to the promised land once again. Absolutely, Baron. Can't agree with you anymore. Clemson just, I think, showed a lot of grit yesterday just showing how much better they are than Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Ian Book of Notre Dame could not even get going, only amassing for 219 yards passing, no touchdowns, 10 carries for minus 35 yards. What do you think he's going to do against Alabama? Exactly. They're just going to get destroyed either way. Exactly. I honestly think I would rather see if, if they showed up the way they did yesterday against Alabama, uh, against Clemson, and they are going to get destroyed. I like to see just a little bit better team in this A&M against Alabama. I wish there was some time for them to have a play-in game to get to that point. That would be an amazing story right there. The thing That's is, a better idea. I like that. The thing is, though, I feel like it's, it's irrelevant because when you look at this Alabama-Clemson national title preview that we're kind of giving out, that's the great thing about Boogie and the Baron is we're not, even, we're not only giving you the playoff teams, we're giving you the championship game already. Yep. Um, so just remember, Alabama-Clemson, both on the money line, a million dollars on it in the semifinals. <laughs> but then you look at the championship game, though, Boogs, and how much star NFL power there is out there. You got Mac Jones, NFL pick. You got Trevor Lawrence, NFL pick. Mm. You got Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, the two best running backs in the country. <laughs> you got wide receiver star power. You have De- you have Devontae Smith, who has stepped up, and he is by far the best receiver in the country. The second best receiver in the country is Justin Ross on Clemson. Yeah. So you got the two best quarterbacks, the two best running backs, the two best receivers, the two best defenses, the two best coaches, the two best programs. I cannot wait for the national championship. This is what we called in the beginning of the season, Alabama against Clemson. Shocker. All the recruits and everything can't wait to see that. That's a wrap for college football. I want to move on to the NFL because we are about 20 minutes in here, guys. These games are going to be kicking off in the next 90 minutes here. So we want to get this pod out to you guys within the next 20 to 30 minutes. So we are going to speed through these NFL games. 
Um, like I touched on earlier, the Buffalo Bills did defeat the Denver Broncos 48-19 yesterday. Josh Allen putting up MVP-type numbers, and so is Aaron Rodgers. Shaky second half for the Packers, but they take care of business. Bills, Packers, both 11-3. Bills, three seed now, solidified. AFC East solidified. Green Bay already wrapped up the North last week. They're fighting for home field. Two very impressive teams. Absolutely. I did give out Buffalo yesterday. I think we pushed on Carolina. Uh, you know what? After seeing uh, Josh Allen yesterday, I am more convinced that they were actually the only team at this point that can give Kansas City and the AFC a run for their money. That's what it's looking like, unless my Steelers can turn it around, which which we will talk, uh, touch on here in a little bit. So, like I said, Buffalo 11-3, three seed. Green Bay 11-3, the one seed. Let's get down to business. We have eight early games. We have three afternoon games that we're going to bunch together, as we always do, Sunday and Monday night. Monday night, I'll be watching the Steelers on that airplane, praying to God that they put up some points and uh, shake out shake out of their funk that they've been in the last couple of weeks. I think they can do that. But we begin the day, Boogie, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Atlanta Falcons and a big game for Tampa Bay, who is sitting in the sixth seed line right now in the NFC. Atlanta eliminated from playoff contention. Obviously, Tampa Bay, big game. I want to touch on this before you give me your analysis. Yes. Their left tackle is out. Ronald Jones is out with their with COVID protocol today. Big game for Tampa Bay. Atlanta has nothing to play for, but Matty Ice is an absolute gamer. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen? You know what? You're right. Atlanta and Matty Ice, they are a gamer. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. Atlanta's at home right now. Tampa Bay has been wishy-washy, uh, you know, coming in at 8-5. and five. I see here, though, Tampa Bay, Brady and the Bunch coming out on top here with the win and cover as Atlanta is struggling with injuries also. So I look forward. No Julio Jones again. I see them winning by 10. Wow. Well, we are already disagreeing. Already disagreeing. So what, what, what's the line right now, books? I got it at six and a half. All right. So Anthony, a.k.a. Boogie, Boogie Boogie Shit Shit. <laughs> Anthony, my man Tony Two Shoes. <laughs> Two Shoes. Giving out Tampa Bay laying the six and a half. Boogs, we're gonna have to hope. We're gonna have to hope for a middle here, cause I like Atlanta. You know, I'm a point buyer. I know you are. Atlanta plus seven and a half. Hey, we can both win. We can both. That's win. all that matters. All right, that's the first game, everybody. Second game is San Francisco and Dallas. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this game. Poo poo. Horrible injury riddled teams. I don't trust either quarterback. San Francisco's defense is better than Dallas's, who gives up 30 points a game. I am not touching this with your money. I mean. You know we're not going to bet all of these games, but in an analysis situation, both teams suck this year. Lean towards the Niners as they should run all over Dallas. I'll take the the 49ers. Lay the three. All right. San Francisco minus three. I'm off of it completely. Next game is Detroit at Tennessee. This is something I definitely am going to be interested in. Let me give you my notes on this one, Boogie, because I've got some really Really good information. Hit me up. Detroit has been a no-bet team for me all season long. It's Matthew Stafford, and that's pretty much it. Um, they have nothing to play for. They are second to last in the NFL against the run. And what does Tennessee do? They run the football. Mm. Derrick Henry needs to average 150 yards a game the next three games to be the ninth running back in NFL history to get 2,000 yards. Mm -hmm. Tennessee's run game, they're going to establish that early. 
which is going to give Ryan Tannehill, who, how about this, the opening up the play-action pass, Ryan Tannehill this year in play-action, 16 touchdowns, no interceptions. Wow. That's an amazing stat right there. This is a big line, and I'm not a big fan of laying big numbers, but I will lay nine points with Tennessee. I think they wax them. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, Baron. Stafford is iffy to play, or at least not 100%. The Lions have nothing to play for. The Titans do. Derrick Henry has another great game. And here's a crazy fact for you. Frank Ragnow, Detroit center, Yes. he's playing with a fractured throat. That does not sound comfortable. Does not sound comfortable. Another situation going on, which I've already mentioned to you in past pods, Stafford is actually going to be possibly playing somewhere else next year. Yep. And the rumblings here, like I've said, 49ers are in the mix. Yeah, that would be interesting. Detroit's 5-8, and eight, somehow still mathematically alive, but not for long. And uh, this is a big, win, a big game for Tennessee. Uh, coming in at 9-4, and four, tied with the Colts, but they have the tiebreaker. So Tennessee is trying to hang on to that number four seed in that home playoff game in yep. the AFC. I like Tennessee big. I'll take Tennessee too. Houston and Indianapolis, very interesting matchup here between two teams with two different goals and aspirations. The Houston Texans are eliminated from playoff contention. As I said before, Indianapolis tied for the division lead with Tennessee. Right now, Indianapolis sitting at the sixth seed. Must win for them. The way I see this game, Boogs, Deshaun Watson with a, with a bad team. That's all it is. It's Deshaun Watson on a bad team. This game means way more for Indianapolis as the run game is good. A veteran quarterback, a quarterback who knows how to win these type of games, they're good at home. Their defense is solid. Despite that, I think Deshaun Watson still puts up points here. I go total on this one. I like the over 51. Side note, three three weeks ago I took the same game over 51. They had 44 and a half, scored a safety in the second half, and that's it. I got bad beat it. They put up 46. I don't like them to fall short this time. I think it goes over. That's my thoughts. What are yours? Deshaun Watson, you know, just another another great quarterback getting stuck on another bad team. Colts have the offense clicking. Rivers isn't making mistakes. Jonathan Taylor's running well. Lay the seven. Double-digit winner right there. All right. Indianapolis laying the seven. I do lean that way also. Um, I'm going to go total. So you have two options there for you listeners. Either Indy, Indy in the over, maybe a two-teamer, you know, a little Christmas two-teamer, pay for your gifts. There you go. Whatever you got to do. Next game is the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins books. This is a short line. Minus one and a half, over, under 41 points total in this game. This is a big game for both teams. Essentially, an elimination game of sorts when you look at the standings. The Dolphins are 8-6. and six. Not so much an elimination game for them. But for the Patriots, coming in at 6-7, and seven, they need to keep creeping back up there. Belichick hasn't missed a playoff since 2000. Big game for both teams. Cam and Tua both a little shaky. Good defense, shaky offense. What I'm going to go with in this game, I have to back Belichick versus a rookie quarterback, New England, and Bill Belichick has not lost to a rookie quarterback since 2012, and that quarterback in 2012 was Russ Heat. I will take, you can have the one and a half. I like New England on the money line at plus, oh, plus 105 to go on the road and defeat Miami today. Wow, on the money line, huh? Okay, I'm just going to make this short. Miami's rolling. They're looking for playoffs. New England is done. They're out of playoff contention. I'll take Miami. 
Wow. New England is still in playoff contention. They're not after today. They need a lot of help. Well, <laughs> not after today. Well, there we go. So now, well, pick a side, I guess. Uh, the next game, Boogie, uh, we have three more 10 o'clock games, and then we're going to rapid fire the, the late games. Chicago and Minnesota, another game that I'm not really huge on. Chicago's been a no-bet team for me all year, but they have a new, di uh, new dynamic with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback. This is an elimination game. Six and seven versus six and seven. Chicago's got the defense. Minnesota has the offense and the weapons. Don't really have anything on this game, but I will give maybe a slight edge to Minnesota to win. Yeah, Chicago's offense is just horrible. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson in the offense will be too much for this Bears defense. I'm laying the three. All right, Minnesota, we agree on that. That's good. Seattle and Washington and Jacksonville-Baltimore are the last two games here at 10 a.m. Meaningful game for Seattle, meaningful game for Washington, meaningful game for the Ravens. I'm going to simplify this the best way I know how to. To start with Seattle and Washington, this is one of my favorite totals of the day. I like the under in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. Russell Wilson has a bunch of playmakers, but I'm not really sold on the totality of their team. Dwayne Haskins is getting the start for Washington. I don't trust him at all. I don't think Washington scores a lot, but I also think they limit Seattle's scoring as well. Did you know that Washington's front four are all first-round picks? That's amazing. I um, never knew that. They get after the passer. They have six guys on their teams with at least five sacks. I think Russ is going to run for his life in this game. I like a low-scoring game, 16-13, 19-13 type of game. I like the under 44 points in this one. Buddy. You know, they have been playing well as of late, Washington. Uh, but here's a fact that I just want to make sure that everybody knows. They have struggled against the mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. Early in the season, I know it was against uh, a few different mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. However, Russ Heat is back after the Jets beating, uh, losing to the Seahawks 40-3 to last week. Yeah, I think well, Seattle yeah. gets back on track, and they cover the 6.5 against Washington. You also have a no Alex Smith in that game, yeah. so you're going back to a, uh, a quarterback that uh, we are not – really uh, trusting. Seattle has a showdown with the Rams in a couple weeks. Right now they are both 9-4 and four, and that game's going to be for the division and the home game in the NFC playoffs. So big game for Seattle, big game for the Rams later against the Jets. That's going to be a cakewalk. But Baltimore-Jacksonville to move on from that. Jacksonville got a little bit of a spark from Minshew, but they're 1-12. They're not going anywhere. This is a must win for Baltimore. Baltimore's got some momentum after that wild Monday night win against Cleveland. Coming in at 8-5, and five, needing to win to continue to keep pace with everybody, and I think they do just that. I think Lamar Jackson and um, that running game is going to run for about 300 yards in this game, and I think Baltimore's going to crush them. Jacksonville 1-12, you know, a few weeks ago they started to cover against these big numbers. Gave me a couple of surprise losses there. However, Jacksonville is not great coming down the stretch, and Baltimore needs to continue rolling for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville is horrible against the run. Lamar Jackson, like you said, is going to run all over them. Give me Baltimore. Laying 13, I'm going to give out first half on this too. I like Baltimore laying 7 in the first half and 13 for the game. I think it's a wire-to-wire -wire run fest. I think they're going to win this game, something along the lines of about 38-10. to 10. I like the halftime score to be about 17-3, something like that. I think they get the run game going and control everything in that game and uh, in a must-win game for Baltimore. One o'clock games, books. Uh, real quickly, Rams, Jets. Jets 0-13, Rams 9-4. As we said, meaningful game for the Rams. 
Interesting game here. Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, mm. undefeated as a starter, going on the road, taking on Arizona at 7-6. and six. That should be a really, really good game as well. Game of the afternoon, though, is Kansas City at New Orleans. This is a two-way game for me. Right now, everyone's on Kansas City in the over, so I am probably going to look in play at New Orleans or the under. It's a two-way bet, so I think... I don't think they're going to pay you Kansas City in the over whatsoever. You have two elite quarterbacks. Breeze is returning. Um, Rams will definitely beat the Jets. Cardinals-Philly is tough. A lot of people were on that Philly train, but I like Arizona to come back. That's probably my pick of the afternoon would be Arizona to beat Philly. You know what? Gave out the Jets last week and could not trust that high line against the up-and-down Seahawks. Rams are rested. This could get ugly real early. Give me the Rams. You know, the sexy pick would be, uh, I would say, with Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts uh, after last week upsetting the Saints. Yeah. However, running mobile quarterback there, Philly has actually lost secondary uh, defensive players. Kyler Murray gets back on track. I'm taking Arizona. And there's no way, right. no way that that Saints can compete with this Chiefs offense. No Michael Thomas for the Saints. Drew Brees might be a little rusty. Yeah. And uh, I'm leaning towards Kansas City. Give me Kansas City, lay the three. All right, Kansas City minus three. So I think Arizona wins. Uh, since you're giving out Kansas City minus three, I'll stay off of New Orleans and just give everybody the under 54. Um, I think two good defenses that are underrated, only giving up 21 points a game. Very, very simple there. Guys, we're 33 minutes in. We're going to wrap this up in a couple minutes here. Giants, Browns, Sunday night football, Steelers. Bengals, Monday Night Football. Sunday Night Game, love the Giants in this spot. Colt McCoy, capable backup, good in prime time. Lines at 6.5. You know me, Boogie, I'm a point buyer. As I said, I'll take the Giants getting 7.5 there. And then the Steelers, I'll take the Steelers in the over in Monday Night Football. Steelers minus 14, Cincinnati, um, 2 10 and 1, not going anywhere. Over under is 40 points. I like Pittsburgh to win to the tune of about 38 to 10. You know what? I actually would lean towards the Giants at some point earlier in the week. Keep thinking about this Cleveland game against Baltimore, though. Cleveland showing why they have what it takes to make the playoffs. Will not disappoint. Lay the 6.5. Okay. Pittsburgh will smash. Lay the points. Get offense going with Cincinnati just playing out the season. I'll take. Pittsburgh lay the 14 and a half. I love it. Boogie, it's play of the daytime. What you got for everybody? Play of the day, baby. Here we go. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. Cam Newton still not looking good. He only has 272 yards total passing over the past three games. Dolphins are 10 and 3 against the spread this year. Five straight home covers. Playoff hopes alive. I'm taking Miami. You did it to me again. Again, again, again. <laughs> what you got? Well, I no longer have. I'm no longer going to go with New England. But you know what? I think I was debating between a few different ones here, and I think I found some value here. I really like Matty Ice at home and the way that they prepare. I also really like the Giants tonight. I'm going to go Giants only because I don't trust Cleveland as that big of road chalk in New York, and New York is fighting for that playoff spot right now. In the crappy NFC least. I don't want to bet against the GOAT, Tom Brady, so I am going to give out the New York Giants by the point to 7.5. You heard it. Miami Moneyline from Boogie. New York Giants plus 7.5. Episode 17 is a wrap. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. And Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bearing out. Boogie out.